innovative, often duplicated. When enough people get on the trend, I elevate it. Make it way harder for them to follow what I take. It hard to swallow like a lozenger lodged in your trachea. Goodness gracious, bruh, I can never make this up. So just take your stuff, rake it up, and take the bus. Never fake the funk, you painted skunks. You played enough, I'm lifting bars to outer space, so the weight is up. Fight. What's up, everybody? It's a special bonus edition of the Cage Side Concussion Cast. We're going to do our regular show on Sunday with Daniel Frank, who won a match at Toro Cup 4. But we're going to take that full hour to talk about Dan Frank's jiu-jitsu journey, about his training and teaching at Revolution BJJ in Richmond, Virginia, and sort of his perspective on things in addition to his match. Because of that, and because Toro Cup 4, the big super fight card from Toro BJJ in Durham, North Carolina, occurred today, uh, Saturday the 10th, we're going to do a quick bonus podcast featuring a few interviews from that card. And wow, was it an exciting, action-packed super fight card. I was able to grab interviews with some of the folks that put on some of the best matches. I talked to Kim DeFury from Beta Academy in D.C., uh, who earned a victory over Amber Habel by armbar in one of the most exciting matches of the day. I also talked to Anthony Elbert from Tidewater BJJ, who, uh, after a really intense match, ended up winning by triangle choke. I talked to the Corbet brothers, DeAndre and Gavin, both of whom emerged victorious. And I talked to both participants in the main event match, David Porter uh, from Pedro Sauer team and Adam Jetton from Evolution MMA in Wilmington. So we're going to get to all those interviews in just a second. Some of them are just quick match recaps. Others venture into a little bit broader territory. But I think you'll enjoy each of them, and I think that they'll paint a picture of what Toro Cup was and what it's going to be during the next card, which is going to be November 12th, uh, 2016, in just a couple months. So be sure to come back on out and support that. I thought this one was the best match yet, er, the best event yet, and so hopefully we're only getting better. So first, let's talk about the basic results. In the first match, Alex Cummings uh, from Triangle Jiu-Jitsu in Durham defeated Eugene Cabanu uh, from Elite BJJ. Uh, he won that match by Triangle. In the second match, Malachi Tyler from Pendergrass Martial Arts uh, defeated Shannon Holloman in a kids' match by Kimura. Um, in the third match of the day, Amber Habel and Kim DeFury fought tooth and nail, and I was so impressed with both individuals in this match. Uh, and Kim DeFury, who you'll hear from in a few minutes, ended up winning by armbar. In the match after that, we saw another back-and-forth battle where uh, two Durham County Sheriff's deputies, uh, Jeff Daughtry from Chapel Hill Gracie Jiu-Jitsu and Pete Lilja from Triangle Jiu-Jitsu in Durham. Jeff is a brown belt. Pete is a purple belt. Had a tremendous exhibition match where Jeff won by, uh, by butcher choke from side control. After that, uh, Lori Porsche, also from Beta Academy in D.C., had a really pitched battle with uh, Emma Baker from Great Grappling. Uh, Lori ended up winning that match by armbar. Really exciting match. Terrific job by Lori, as always with all the people from, uh, from Beta Academy, came down in force and did a terrific job. Jimmy Bigelow uh, from Chapel Hill Gracie Jiu-Jitsu won his match against Jeff Stanfield from Beta. Uh, Jimmy won that match by uh, cross choke from north-south position, or as he refers to it, the Seth Champ choke. Um, my instructor, Seth Champ, it's one of his favorite chokes. And uh, Jimmy won the fastest submission of the night, which meant Jimmy won a free Toro BJJ Jeff Shaw 2016 gi. That's right, the new gi that I designed is out. Um, Got to get a shameless plug in there. Uh, Jimmy got the fastest submission of the day, and so he ended up winning one of those for free. Uh, congratulations to Jimmy for that match, and congratulate and thanks to Boomer uh, for putting that out there as a prize. 
In another terrific match, uh, Tommy Cuozzi uh, went up against Gavin Corbet. Those two guys had competed against each other in a sub-only format earlier, and Tommy was the victor uh, by armbar. In this match, which was a really close, really entertaining battle, Gavin ended up winning on points. I talked to both Corbet brothers, uh, and so we'll hear from each of them, and you'll get to hear Gav's perspective on both of those matches in just a minute. In a brown belt match that we'll talk about with the victor later on in the program, Anthony Elbert from Tidewater BJJ defeated Andy King by triangle choke with a really slick transition from the back. We talked to Anthony about that match and some other matters, and I think you'll enjoy his interview. In a brown belt match immediately thereafter, a fast-paced uh, back-and-forth brown belt match, Daniel Sandlin from Gracie Jiu-Jitsu Newburn uh, defeated John Shell, one of the area's most active competitors, on points. So that was a really entertaining match to watch. In what might have been the best match of the day, I think, Trey Pace uh, fought Tim Dawson uh, from Dave Jacobs Jiu-Jitsu. And Trey, both of these guys were just outstanding, just outstanding technique, outstanding cardio, really incredible match. I'd never had the pleasure of seeing Tim Dawson compete before. I'd seen Trey compete before a bunch, and and everybody knows how good Trey Pace is. But uh, wow, Tim Dawson ended up winning that match on points after a really, I mean, I thought, a nip-and-tuck battle that I would happily watch again. And Tim Dawson ends up getting the win there. In a Nogi match, uh, Isaac Renner from Beta Academy went up against Josh Williams, Josh Williams who had beaten Laban Probst before at an earlier Toro Cup, and Josh ended up winning again by heel hook, and a really terrific performance between two tough guys. So in a match you'll hear about in our interview with the Corbet brothers, Joshua Murdoch went up against DeAndre Corbet, and this was another really fun match uh, between two super technical great competitors. DeAndre ends up winning on a wrist lock, and you'll hear DeAndre talk you through that wrist lock as well as uh, a toehold that Josh had on him early in the match that was, was pretty close, but DeAndre wound up rolling out of. Aaron France uh, from Beta Academy wound up beating Nicholas Walter by choke. In a match that we will be talking about extensively tomorrow with our in-studio guest Daniel Frank from Revolution BJJ, Daniel Frank defeated Michael Cornbread Allen by cross-collar choke from the guard. That Michael Allen stepped up and took on that, that match on very short notice, so we're really happy that Daniel got a match, and uh, we're excited to talk to him all about his jiu-jitsu journey and to have him break down the match in studio tomorrow. Finally, in the co-made event matches, Glayton Mello wound up defeating CJ Murdoch by arm lock, and... Uh, you know, I had a lot of fun watching that match. Um, it was really, like, Glayton was tremendous. I'd never got the, had the pleasure of seeing him compete before. But uh, just a really skilled guy. And, uh, you know, CJ puts his heart and soul into this, and so it's always hard to see CJ lose, but he took it like a champ. And in the main event, uh, Dave Porter uh, ended up taking on Adam Jetton. And uh, I'm going to give you a preview of the interview in a second, uh, and then we'll get to who won that match. But uh, so at, one of the coolest things about Toro Cup is the camaraderie that is engendered. And for I had planned on interviewing those two guys individually. But when I went up to them after the match, I found them engaged in a really pleasant mutual discussion about what happened during the match. Just this really respectful technical dialogue and I just decided to start recording and the guys were gracious enough to let me record and then answer a couple of my questions so that's going to be I, I did about eight minutes of that listening to Dave Porter uh, talk and, and Adam Jett and just talk about their main event match and that m- match did end up going to the points round. Neither guy was able to submit the other, and Adam Jetton did end up win- winning on points. Really excited that Adam, you know, we've been trying to get Adam on Toro Cup for quite some time, and so really excited he got to, to strut his stuff and show his skills, and it's always entertaining to watch Dave the Mongoose Porter, and I think you'll enjoy that interview. So let's get into the interviews. Um, my teammate, Amber Habel, ended up uh, going up against Kim DeFury, 
and it was a terrific match. Amber uh, took top position, and I really thought dominated positionally most of the match. Uh, unfortunately for Amber, Kim ended up recovering closed guard and catching her in an armbar. And so I wanted to talk to Kim, and it wound up, wound up being a really cool little two-minute conversation. I really enjoyed Kim's perspective, not only about the match, but about jiu-jitsu in general and what it means as a community and why it has particular meaning for her. So let's get into that. An interview with Blue Belt match winner Kim DeFury from Beta Academy. So I'm with Kim DeFiori, who just won by arm lock at a Toro Cup match against Amber Agee. Uh, tremendous match. What were your impressions of it? Thank you. Um, Amber was a great competitor. It was really fun rolling with her. Um, you never get to actually like compete against one person, so it was really fun like being all there with someone and just getting that experience. So. And she was a great pressure up top. I loved it. It was awesome. Yeah. Did you have a game plan going into the match, or were you just going to try to work your game and see what happened? Um, I was going to see how strong her grips were and everything. I really like to play guard, so I was just seeing where I could go with that. Um, it ended up with the arm lock, so that's kind of my default. I've been uh, training with Charlie, one of my uh, brown belts, and we've been working some stuff. So, Yeah, so you spent a lot of the match on the bottom working to recover guard. Uh, tell us about the armbar transition, because you, you recovered closed guard and then hit the arm lock. Uh, how, how, what enabled you to, to, to hit that submission? I realized after pulling guard the first time that I didn't get my hips over to the side. So I was just listening to Coach Isaac over there, and he's just like, move your hips. And as soon as I moved my hips to the left, I had that angle, and it was just smooth sailing from there. What's it like training at Beta Academy with all these tough folks that are uh, many of whom have matches today? Oh, it's amazing. It's such a family. Um, I have a lot of trouble with uh, PTSD in the Army, and I'm going through recovery for that. So just to have that community and support and um, – I mean, it's just, it's been a very therapeutic for me, to say the least, and um, it's helped me recover so much, because, like, a day like today, you get to see all the people from Toro, and you get hugs from everyone, so it just makes you feel like, uh, like, really part of the family, jiu-jitsu-wise. That's wonderful. It probably helps when you put on an awesome match, too, yeah. right? Yeah, definitely. It's always fun. Even if you lose, though, everyone's just like, dude, that was so awesome, you know? <laughs> well, congratulations. It was a great match. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Anthony Albert is one of the most positive guys you'll meet, and it's always a pleasure to watch him compete and train. When I found out he was going to be on Toro Cup, I knew I wanted to, to interview him uh, for a few minutes after the match, win or lose. And fortunately for Anthony, he was able to to really put on a powerful performance, uh, taking Mount almost immediately, ended up taking the back and almost uh, collar choking his opponent, and finally finishing with a triangle choke. And if you were interested in how he set up that triangle choke, he talks to me about that a little bit in this interview. But, uh, you, you know, as we know, jiu-jitsu is life. But then there was also Pokemon. And I'd been trying to get Anthony to come down and train with us, telling him about all the Pokemon at our gym. And uh, he didn't believe me. But uh, as you will see, you should always listen when Jeff Shaw tells you about Pokemon. Maybe not about jiu-jitsu, but definitely about Pokemon. Anyway, Anthony put on a tremendous match. Uh, it was really exciting to see him get the victory over Andy King. And I talked with him about it. So here's Tidewater BJJ's Anthony Elbert. Here with Anthony Elbert of Tidewater BJJ. So you just won by submission. Uh, talk us through the match. It looked like you took Mount almost immediately. Yeah, um, I, I wanted to set up uh, closed guard right away. I knew he was a wrestler, so I didn't want him to uh, get any chance of shooting on me to like a half guard or something. So I just wanted to close my guard. And when I felt him drop, I just jumped immediately. How did you end up on his back? Um, I put my chest on his top arm and bring it down and then I kind of fall to the side and pull him to one hook and then that gives me the opportunity to still stay on his back as long as you keep your chest on him 
because if you let go, then obviously you can roll to uh, full guard again. So. And from the back, you were working collar chokes from the back from there, and eventually you end up finishing with a triangle. Can you talk us through that transition, what was going through your Absolutely. mind? Absolutely. So um, when he rolled and it looked like he was on top, I still had the collar across his neck. I was just holding on. When he popped up, he popped up to my favorite position, which is a quarter guard lasso, and that's where I set up my triangle from. So right there, it just couldn't have happened any better, to be honest. So you, you obviously trained very hard for this. Some of your training partners are, are on the card as well. Do you have anybody that particularly helped you out in training for this match? Absolutely. DeAndre, I trained with him, you know, when I can get over there. Um, Gavin and James is there for support. Just anytime I'm around them, you know, I got to do my best to show up. And um, basically just my teammates. And uh, the number one, though, you already know, I got to thank God. Thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, just allowing me to do this, just the freedom from everything, freedom from sin, just going out here, making sure I'm doing his will and making sure I'm a positive influence on people who are watching me. So with that in my head, you can do anything you can through him. So I just train hard, do my best, and give him all the glory. Well, you are one of the most positive dudes around on the jiu-jitsu scene. And to, to close on a more whimsical note, like, how good does it feel to finally add a Vulpix to your collection here? Oh, my gosh. Look, I'm going to tell you guys, as soon as I walked in, I saw Jeff. And I was in my hotel room last night, Pokemon, and I was like, let me see what North Carolina is about. The gyms, first of all, the gyms are stacked. They ain't not, they're not like Virginia, so I'm like, I can't battle you guys. So I walk in, Jeff is like, man, we got Vulpix popping everywhere. I'm like, oh, he's just joking with me. Open up my app, bang. I don't got a Vulpix, 100th Pokemon. I'm like, wow, I need to come here more often. I need to come train with my good friend Jeff. So I will definitely be back, whether it's training or Toro Cup or the U.S. Grapplings. We will, we will do jiu-jitsu and Pokemon. <laughs> You're always welcome. Anthony Elbert, congratulations. Great performance today. Man, God bless you guys. And uh, Toro Cup and Toro Brand is a great brand with awesome people. Everybody check them out. And everybody, if you don't, check out my sponsor, Jodan USA. Um, That's pretty much it. God bless. If you've listened to the podcast at all, you know we're big fans of the Corbet brothers. And DeAndre and Gavin Corbet each had matches at Toro Cup. This is the first time the two brothers had been on a super fight card together. It's actually Gavin's first super fight card, although I suspect not the last. They both had really tough opponents, and they both were able uh, to emerge victorious. Gavin ended up beating Tommy Cuozzi on points, and after surviving a toehold early in the match, DeAndre ended up wrist-locking Josh Murdoch from top side control. It was a real pleasure to get... Those two guys talked to me for a couple of minutes, and here they are, Gavin and DeAndre Corbet. I'm here with the Corbet brothers, DeAndre and Gavin. Uh, Gavin is enjoying some well-earned Samoas uh, from Yellow Bear Bakery. Both guys victorious at Toro Cup 4. So, DeAndre, uh, talk us through your match with Josh Murdoch. You end up finishing him with a wrist lock. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, he, uh, I ended up pulling a guard first, and uh, I knew I had to be aware of his foot locks, and he got me in a pretty cheap uh, toe hold at first, but... I was able to roll out of it, and I got on top, and as I was looking for the underhook, he tried to swim his underhook in, and he, I guess he uh, left his, he led with his fingers, left his wrist a little bent, and I just attacked it right away, so two hands on the elbow, pull it. So we noticed the, the toe hold, and like, uh, Josh had that, it seemed like it was pretty deep, but after you rolled out of it, you gave the crowd a little bit of a shake of the head, like, not, nah, wasn't yeah. that close. How, how close was it? I was, it was pretty close, I mean, uh, footlocks, uh, one of the first things, uh, it's probably the, probably one of the... Not the best technique, but the first uh, line of defense for a footlock is a poker face. So, you know, yeah, but it was definitely on. Yeah, it was definitely on. I, I felt my foot's a little sore now, icing it a little bit. But 
that was a good, good toehold. So you were also coaching your brother, and we're going to talk to your brother about his match for a, a, in a second. But like, when, when you're coaching, are you more nervous coaching your brother or when you're competing yourself? I mean, uh, yeah, it feels like I'm competing out there. I'm not, I don't want to say I'm more nervous because uh, I want him to do well just as much as I want to do well. So it's definitely it's basically like competing without being on the mat. So it's definitely it's pretty much the same thing as competing and coaching, especially when my it's like he's my main training partner. So I know all his game. He knows all my game. So. We want each other to do well. So, so Gavin, we'll get into your match in a second, but how is it for you watching your brother compete? Is it similar to what DeAndre says for you, or, or is it a little different? Uh, not really. I'm never nervous when I see my brother. I have confidence in my brother, and I know at the end, if, if he lose, it's probably not. It, it, it's going to happen. But I know he's going to win. Like, uh, I have that much confidence in my brother, and I'm, I'm never nervous when he competes. Have you guys ever competed on a card together before? You've probably done tournaments together, but a super fight card like this, have you had both both of you guys on the same card before? Uh, no. I think these are like one of my first super fights. Yeah, it was like his first super fight. Um, we were planning to do one earlier in the year, but it was like right before Worlds, or right after Worlds, and we were kind of a little injured after the World Championships. And uh, and it's glad I'm glad that uh, we got to do a Tour Cup on, together, because it's a KHI, uh, Triangle Jiu-Jitsu, it's a great great place to hold this event is like one of the best hands down so let's talk about your match gav you fought tommy kuozi looked like a really tough match you know he had really good top pressure it seemed like uh talk us through your, the match from your perspective uh i knew beforehand he beat me before in uh, submission only he got me with a quick arm bar after like 25 minutes but i knew he was gonna be tough when i came in and i knew i wasn't gonna get an easy submission on him in which i didn't get a submission at all but I prepared for him. I knew his, his passes he was going to do. He did that double underpassing, and he almost got me a few times. But uh, I feel like I went off with some scrambles, like I was standing up, to get me the win uh, in the overtime. Did you have a game plan going into the match? Because you said you'd faced him before in sub only. Did you have a, I definitely want to do this, or, or did you just kind of want to go out there and see what happened? Uh, I didn't have a, or a, I played the same game as always, but I would just like, Gave more attention to his uh, deep under or double under a passing. So if I, I think if I took care of that, it would be, I'll win, like easy win. So you guys are each other's primary training partner. Uh, what's next for you guys? Uh, we're planning to do Atlanta, and then we're also planning to do Nogi Pans. But you, the IBJJF had like some construction issues at the venue, so we're definitely coming down to Charlotte, and. And some U.S. grapplings at that towards the end of October. I think November, December, we'll take a little off-season break just to revamp for the next year. But yeah, so Atlanta, IBJF, and then Charlotte Open definitely. Congratulations to both you guys. Great matches. Thank you. So this last interview isn't really an interview. It's more of a conversation. And that's not how I planned it. After the match, I wanted to interview David Porter and uh, Adam Jetton individually. But when I stumbled upon the two guys, they were both on the mat just kind of showing each other stuff and talking through their match. And I figured, what better opportunity to um, learn a, a few things and to you know let the listenership in on the type of conversation that takes place after two competitive black belts have a really closely contested match. And uh, if the audio cuts out a little bit, it's because Dave Porter is showing Adam Jetton exactly how he sets up his stance, uh, which if you're interested in that, you can see the pictures from, from the interview uh, on our Facebook page, which is Cage Side Radio.
So I'm just going to get out of the way for y'all and let you listen to this interview, uh, this interview slash conversation slash free flowing dialogue that occasionally hinges on mature topics between David Porter, Black Belt under Pedro Sauer, and Adam Jetton of Nova Uniao Evolution MMA. Clearing the knee line all the time, making it tough. I could not be any happier with um, how it played out from beginning to end. Just fun overall. I was a little mad at myself at the beginning because I was like, here we are, straight, straight into his best position underneath. That was, that was what I didn't want to do was let you get underneath me. And so I just knew I had to be patient there, you know. It's funny you should say that because I didn't want to be underneath. <laughs> I'm like, that's a lot of weight to carry. I weighed myself and I was 169 and a half this morning. And I was like, man, I had like 10 pounds of rice last night for dinner. Why can't I hold weight? And then I realized, you know, just... I have happy dreams and sweat in the night. The best part of that is after the 15 minutes, I thought the match was over. I didn't know we had another five minutes. <laughs> it was funny. The only thing I was dreading was those five minutes. Because, you know, I have Jeff Shaw looking at me like, you know, just matter-of-factly, Dave Blackbelt, if you uh, stand up here, uh, you'll get two points. And I'm like, yeah, I've refereed a few of these. And I look at him, and I just have, like, the who pooped in my cereal kind of face. And I'm like, I don't do points. <laughs> That's why I slid my hand down to the end of your pant leg to try to be ready for you to explode up. And I was going to try to yank it back up, but... <laughs> Never going to happen. I was like, eh, if I try to play top, I'm pretty sure you can, like, one-handed bench press me off. So I wasn't going to worry about getting into top position. And um, I mean, no one, no one can ever say I, uh, I forced a move. Not even the Darce joke, right? Although CJ will love to say that I technically do it wrong. So uh, it was a great match, you guys. I, re- I had a I had a blast watching it. Did it did it go how you expected? Yeah, I I've I have watched a lot of your matches, and I was gonna try to time when you got low no. to get you, you on your back to get you to reach for my collar, and I wanted to jump the triangle. Like that that's I came in wanting to jump the triangle, and then I knew right when it didn't work. I was like, okay, I know he's good at leg locks, and I was trying to clear my hips over your hips but you got me stuck in there. So it went about how I, I expected, but then I got right into like my worst nightmare right at the beginning. So it was, it was tough. What's interesting is um, in terms of like that jump triangle, my stance is almost inviting to it, right? Because it has all the telltale signs of bad posture inside the guard when you think about it because I have an arm down and an arm up. So it just looks like it can happen. But when you think about it, if my hips move in or away, you lose the triangle. It's deceptive. It's deceptive until you see the position. Let me turn my shoes upside down real quick so I don't dirty up the mats. But you know, looking at it heads up, you can see the line with arm out, arm in. But when you look at it from the side, my hips are so far away that if I were to sit in, you overshoot it. And if I step up, you're you're kind of like on your button down. So it's just one of those things where you don't want to actually shoot it in fact i had a match with a guy from gf fight team atari hafael amazing amazing grappler and he's actually come the closest to landing that flying triangle but it just it it's not very conducive to it it looks it it looks it yeah then as far as the sight control goes i knew to try to staple the arm because i didn't want to take any chances of you getting your arm underneath um 
And then once the couple of lapel chokes didn't work, I didn't want to force too much because I didn't want you to lock over my elbow too tight if I had an underhook. I know you've got a good bridge too, so I felt like I had to play like semi-conservative there once my best chokes weren't didn't finish. So. Um, walking, walking the lapel behind, or walking your hand under my head, feeding your own lapel, and then turning the corner. Uh, believe it or not, Brazil of uh, last summer, I got put to sleep with that choke at Gracie Hamaisha. And um, I went back to Professor uh, Master Sauer the next day, and he said, okay, guys, who has any problems? And I was the first one with my hand in the air. What do we do here? You know, talking about trying to really turn my face into the person's body. And although it does, exp uh, um, it does put one carotid artery directly in the line of fire, that little bit of posture to the side hides my, hides my other one. And I could sneak that hand in. And it was really just survival until the grip was burned out. And I wasn't going to win that war most of the time, but I felt like at least in the beginning of the match, I was winning a lot of grip fights. So I was hoping that your arms were as tired as mine. <laughs> I have a five-month-year-old that I have to hold like this all the time, so I have like Superman endurance right now. <laughs> yeah, but um, well, it was a great match, you guys. I really enjoyed watching it. Um, any anything that you guys want to leave the listeners with? Yeah, um, I'm just very thankful. Um, when I moved to Wilmington, there was uh, it was basically a karate school that we trained jujitsu at. And a lot of people in the Raleigh-Durham area always welcomed me into their gym. Um, that's when I was doing MMA. Um, and we've grown the scene in Wilmington where we have other affiliations there. And what I like the most about North Carolina lately is the overall support that everybody's been giving. Because um, when you go to the bigger tournaments, you're, from here, a lot of times you're traveling with yourself or two, three people, and that support's not there. So if you're there at those tournaments and you have a good relationship with the people from your state, that support makes a big difference, you know. So although that we, we're all different affiliations, um, I like the way it's going, and I just wanted to continue. I just want to say thank you to everyone that's ever helped me because there were at least 30 people in this room today that have significantly helped my jiu-jitsu. So that's pretty much what, what I want to say. I just want to give thanks to uh, Evolution MMA, Jeremy Owens, uh, the most selfless person I've ever seen in my life to ha uh, have a place for us to train. Uh, lifetime training partner, Neil Zumbra, uh, superstar MMA fighters, John Salter, Derek Brunson, all my students that helped me train. Um, those guys met me in the morning, let me choke their neck still. My hands were just perfect. Unfortunately, I didn't get the choke, but I just want to thank you guys and uh, see you next time. North Carolina has officially become my home away from home. Um, I know I was stationed here with the military, and that's where I met guys like C.J. Murdoch and uh, Dan Sandlin, served um, at the same time as Dan Sandlin, but not with him in the same unit, but training up at um, Jerry Marino's place that was in New Bern. I actually went down to Evolution and trained with Gil Alcacer and a few other guys. Um, used to get the floor wiped by, by him all the time, and they actually were the reason why I got back into jiu-jitsu. So it's funny that I keep finding myself back here all the time and uh one one quick add-on in terms of things uh, i want to suggest we uh we got to make the toro cup happen a little bit more you know uh, the last toro cup toro cup three was october of last year i had a match with uh trey pace who did incredible today didn't come out with the win but i mean amazing amazing match probably one of my favorites that i that i sat and watched but um i didn't know cody malte before i had my match with him in toro two now I know Trey. Um, 
now getting to know Adam just by just from today. We really didn't message. I mean, we messaged each other online, but we really just kind of let each other do our things. And I followed him, IBGJF Boston. But meeting everybody and just getting to know them is is incredible. So if I have anything to say, it's that these tournaments bring us together. We need more of them, just even for the community's sake. Get together. It doesn't have to be for um, uh, a great cause. Just the great cause is getting to know each other. And uh, actually, one little little thing. Cage Side Carnival is kind of like the unofficial Toro Cup 3.5, so I want you to update that on the, uh, on the roster. Thank you. So that's the show for today. It's a bonus show. So I'm going to upload this directly to SoundCloud. You'll always be able to find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. You can hear the shows every week on WHUP-FM in Hillsborough, North Carolina at 104.7 or whoopfm.org. Please follow us on Facebook at Cageside Radio. You can also see all the photos from Toro Cup on our Facebook page and our Instagram, which is CagesideWHUP. Our Twitter is also CagesideWhoop. If you ever want to get a hold of the show, tell us what you liked, what you didn't, who you want to hear on, who you want to hear more of check us out cagesidewhoop at gmail.com so thanks a lot for listening thanks to everyone who made toro cup possible james boober hogaboom john bagels telford who made the matches and the myriad volunteers who did the thankless work to make things happen uh also to bryce mahoney who fed me an acai bowl and uh beverly from yellow bear bakery who made me vegan brownies which were delicious and i appreciate that my name is jeff shaw i had a blast at toro cup i hope you did too and we will check you out tomorrow for our interview with Daniel Frank.